We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goals, stories of soccer's legends. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look at some of soccer's biggest stars and biggest moments that define their careers. All narrated by Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's Always Cheating Podcast. From Holland, Zatlin, Massey, Rapino, and many more. Each episode will focus on historical plays and personalities that makes the sport great. So stay tuned after this episode to check out Golden Goals, stories of soccer's legends, wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have the wide receivers roster breakdowns. Will Jamal Agnew have a roster spot this year as a wide receiver? And Marvin Jones, one year left on this deal, does he have a future with Detroit? Find out on episode 110 of The Pride Podcast. Episode 110 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is, episode is going to be sponsored by Bet Online AG, and I am your host, Tyler. And joined by my two guys as usual, Pierre and Malcolm. How are you boys doing today? Woo! Pretty good. Well, um, today's episode, we are going to be talking about the wide receiver position. We've talked about the front seven, we've talked about the secondary, so we've covered the whole defense. Now we just got to cover the whole offense. So we're going to start off with the wide receiver position. And uh, this is a position where people are really high on me personally as well. I think this is our best position on our team. I think it's the position I'm most comfortable with at going into the season. And I think it's a, a pretty solid core. But I'm going to kind of do what we did last episode. We had seven questions around kind of the fan base, some questions I had personally. And we're just going to kind of answer them all. And 
I'll chime in as well with you guys, and, you know, let's just do it like we did, Malcolm. I know, Peter, you weren't here last week with us, but, you know, me and Malcolm, I think, got the hang of this now, and I think you'll get the hang of it by the end of this. Let's run it. Let's get into the first question, and that is our number one wide receiver, Kenny Galladay. So there's been, you know, rumors saying he's going to get his extension. You know, his contract is up after this year as of right now at the time of this recording. So what do you guys think the deal is with Kenny Galladay? Do you guys think he does get extended before the season? Uh, Do you think they let him test the market? What do you guys think the deal is with Kenny Galladay? And what do they do with that situation? I'll start off with Pierre because you weren't here with us last week. What do you guys, what do you think they do with uh, Kenny Galladay? Um, before like all this pandemic thing, I thought like he'll get paid and I still think he'll get paid. Will it be in the off season? I don't know. That's a tough question right now because like, we don't know what's going to happen really, but we just saw Mahomes got paid today. So teams are going to pay players, I guess. So I'm guessing it'll happen like before the season starts. You know how Bob likes to put those in like Quandre Diggs happened at that time. I believe Sam Martin happened at that time. So right before like training camp or right Right after training camp or around training camp, he'll get paid. And that was a good point. You know, you kind of mentioned Bob Quinn has signed those guys later on in the offseason. Guys like you mentioned, Sam Martin, uh, Quandre Diggs. I believe Prater was one of those guys, like, right before the season. Theo Riddick at one point was one of those guys. So, yeah, you know, Bob Quinn has, you know, made that a trend. I could see that happening again this offseason with two guys in particular. We'll save the other guy for another episode when we get to that position because we haven't talked about them yet. So stay tuned for that. I think you guys know what I'm talking about, but if you guys don't, well, you got to wait for another week. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with the Kenny Galladay. I think he does uh, end up getting extended this offseason. And uh, my next question is for you guys, what do you guys think the price would be for Kenny Galladay? So we, we've seen wide receivers get paid. You know, we've seen guys like Julio Jones get paid. So I'm kind of interested. What do you guys think the market is out for Kenny Galladay? Uh, so look at Cooper. He got 20 a year. Um, probably like 17, 18 a year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's the market. Yeah, I can't even see 19 to be honest, or like a little bit right under it to be honest. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, so it's a pretty penny, and you know, some people, I'm kind of interested to hear you guys' take on this. So, you know, some people are, you know, hesitant of paying wide receivers, saying you know they aren't the biggest impact players. You could always find a rookie or, you know, it's always the same thing kind of with running backs. You know, some people think that with running backs, I'm kind of interested to hear your guys take on the wide receiver. Would you guys pay Kenny Galladay? Would you guys, you know, let him walk and you just draft another wide receiver? You know, what do you guys stand with the situation? Cause we expect him to be paid, but do you guys agree with that? I mean, you, you know, my thoughts on it, you know, we, we kind of go back and forth to this all the time. You know, when the way I look at guys getting paid, I think they should get paid for the amount of effort or the amount of the percentage that they're giving to the offense. Like if you have a wide receiver, and this is just comparing running backs to wide receivers. Um, I know running backs, you know, they're being devalued right now. And I'm on the flip side of that. You know, I think the running backs should get paid more than receivers. And just because of what they do, what they're able to do on, on the offense, you know, they, they're responsible to protecting the quarterback on picking up blitzes. They're responsible on for you know, touching, having at least 20 to, 30, to 20 to 30 touches a game, depending if they're pass catching, running backs, and just running between tackles. So their responsibility compared to a receiver who's responsible to, you know, the elite ones get, what, 5 to 10 touches a game? The wide receivers, you're saying? Wide receivers, yeah, wide yeah. receivers. Yeah. They get 5 to 10 touches a game. So I, I'm a fan that, you know, I think the running backs should get paid more. But I know the way the league is trending that, you know, it's a passing league. So, yeah, I, I don't agree that they should get paid that much. They shouldn't get paid pass rushing money, but that's just the way the market is right now. 
So you would pay him though, but even though you don't. I mean, agree you have to. Money. You you have to because do you want to keep your star receiver, or do you want to start over it and and try to get another another guy in there? I mean, Kenny Galladay's proven that he could be. He's a Pro Bowler. You know, he's proven that he could be that guy. He could be the number one receiver. So I mean, you you kind of have to. That's just the market right now. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, and I I kind of agree with it. You know, wide receivers. We kind of look at the track history, you know, not the top guys always win. You know, it's not always the top guys that are winning. You know, I can go down the list, guys like Julio Jones, guys like Odell Beckham Jr. You know, they haven't won anything. Guys like A.J. Green, uh, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, you know, the, yeah, the, you go, the list you goes go on. The, yeah, you go with the younger guys. You, got, you, you can even go further with Randy Moss. Um, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, you know, it, the list goes on. But, you know, at the end of the day, I still think it's an important position. I still think you need a true number one wide receiver. And I, and I think Kenny Galladay is that guy. I think he's still young enough. I think he's still a young piece that you could build around. I think he's someone you want to have in that in that room. And I, I think it's the price, like you kind of mentioned, that's the market. It just seems like every team needs one nowadays, you know, because you could have a situation where you're a team like the Jets, where they've been fine. They're, you know, they're <laughs> like hungry as hell for a wide receiver. Like Sam Darnold would kill for a Kenny Galladay, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. or or even like, you know, some other teams, if I could think of uh, uh, Joe Burrow. You know, I know he has A.J. Green. I mean, that's actually not for a great example. Yeah, that's not a great example. They actually have some solid wide receivers there. But, you know, there, you know there's some teams that kill for wide receivers, obviously. Um and the best one is Sam Darnold I could think of on top of my head with the Jets. You know, some teams would kill for a wide receiver like that. Patriots, dude. Patriots. Patriots, yeah. Patriots, you know, that's a good example, man. So wide receivers are still important in the game. I don't think they're the most important position, but they still are important. I think you still need that guy, and I think Kenny Galladay is that guy. And I'm, I'm completely fine with paying him, you know, the price that, you know, what it is projected to be. You know, anywhere from that 17 to 20-ish range. So I think it's fair. I think he's a young piece to build around, like I mentioned. So... I'm cool with it, and I think it, it will get done in this offseason before the season starts, kind of like what Peter mentioned right before the season, you know, maybe after training camp. So uh, that's where I stand with it. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your favorite team to come back? Bet Online has future odds including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out our daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right. Uh, my second question for you guys is, should we expect better, similar, or worse results coming from this core in particular going, from what we saw in 2019 going into 2020? I'll start off with Malcolm on this one. Okay, uh, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be exactly the same. Okay, and that's 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 pretty damn good because the last year, um, the passing offense, the receiving core, they were clicking all cylinders. I mean, that was a bright spot of our team. Even after Safford got hurt, they were playing at a high level. So yeah, I expect exactly the same. I expect them to stretch the field and make big plays. Yeah, I I agree with that. I, I think it's gonna be a very similar result. You kind of kept the big three together, as I like to call it. You know the Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, they they kept the core together for the most part. And, you know, it worked. So if it ain't broke, why fix it? So I think that's kind of the philosophy they went with there. 
you know, they added some new faces, you know, to compete for the, you know, later end of the, the lower end of that roster, you know, some of the bubble guys. But for the most part, you know, the, the starters are the same and, you know, they didn't lose anybody. So I think it'll be very similar results. I don't think it'll necessarily be better. I don't think it'll be worse, you know, maybe unless an injury happens. But I think it'll be very similar to what we saw in 2019. Mm-hmm. You agree with that, um, here? I think they'll be better. The reason why is uh, Stafford is going to be, hopefully he could be healthy. If Stafford's healthy, I think these wide receivers will put up better numbers. Um, I believe Marvin and Dola were also hurt last year, so those guys remain healthy too. They'll put up better numbers. I can see it being better, but I mean, I don't think they'll be worse unless like some major injuries happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would. Uh, and even that, I mean, at that point, I think their depth is still pretty good to get you know through games. I, I think that this depth on their Washington core is one of the better you know. You know, they've had. I, I really like the depth on this team. I don't think one guy's like, it's not a one monkey show. If one guy goes down, you know, it's not all falling apart. You know, you right. could you could afford to lose Marvin Jones for a couple games. You know, you don't, it's not ideal, knock on wood. But I, I, I think it's not a situation where we're like Matthew Stafford. You know, we lose our quarterback, we're screwed. Or even if we lose a guy like Trey Flowers, like we mentioned, we lose a defensive end, we're screwed. I don't think that's necessarily the fact with wide receivers. I think there's solid enough depth that can get you through a couple games. With guys like Geronimo Allison, guys like Marvin Hall, you know, maybe shit, Jamal Agnew could even step in for a game. <laughs> you know, that it's just, we'll see how that goes. Cephas. And then obviously at Quintez Cephas, and then, you know, they drafted Travis Fulgham last year. So their their depth is there. You know, I'm not competition, saying, yeah. I'm not saying these guys are number one or number two guys. You know, they're, they're, they are where they are. But what I'm saying is I'd be comfortable for a game or two if we had to rely on one of them i I think it'd be completely okay i think we would still do a good job but i guess we'll have to wait and see all right my next question is we just mentioned him quintez cephas you know he's a rookie we drafted him in the fifth round what's your guys expectation for him in this 2020 season i'll start off with you pierre uh wide receiver four or wide receiver five nothing crazy if injury happens he could step in maybe they'll get him involved a little like towards maybe like later in the year um, but I expect him for the future. I'm expecting to be like our big slot. I think he's going to be like our slot receiver of the future. He could also play outside, but I think due to like speed issues, he's more of a slot guy because he's a good route runner. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought his route running was like okay. I didn't think it was uh, phenomenal. I, I think his speed is obviously lacking. You know, we saw that at the combine. I look at him honestly as kind of another Marvin Jones kind of. If I had to comp him to somebody, you know, someone who could play on the outside, who's just a physical wide receiver who's going to steal 50-50 ball. I think that's his his strongest ability. You know, is stealing up that 50-50 ball. You know, that's and that, that's what the Lions have right now. Obviously, with Galladay and Marvin Jones, I think he's got great mentors to go around. Um, I, 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 that's why I look at it. Is Quintess but I think he's a big enough body to play the outside. Um, so that's where I view him. And for this season in 2020. You know, I think he'll be all right. You know, I don't know how what his role will necessarily be with this team. I think he actually might be a candidate to be one of the weekly inactives. You know, I, I could see that, honestly. You know, maybe they choose to go with the speedster instead of a guy like Marvin Hall uh, if they want to add some speed instead of, you know, another big body, depth guy. So I could actually maybe see Quintess Cephas for at least the first month of football maybe being a weekly inactive guy and, you know, maybe being a development project a little bit, you know, especially in the fifth round. They have good depth, like I mentioned. Maybe they choose to go with a guy who was had experience in the league and Geronimo Allison. I could, I could definitely see it actually. So um, I, I can see Cephas kind of being a little bit of a development project. Maybe they'll slowly kind of bring him in, in the season, you know, slowly as, as the season goes on. So I could see him being a weekly inactive guy, maybe to start off the season at least. Yeah. He's one of the guys I'm looking forward to, to see play a lot. And, and the reason why I say that is, 
It's because y'all boy, Jeff Okuda, I mean, before we drafted him, called Cephas the toughest wide receiver he has faced. Mm-hmm. He said that. He did. So I, I want to see I want to see it on the field. I want to see how good is Cephas. I hope. I mean, you know, the Big Ten, not, not a shot to the Big Ten, but it is kind of a shot to the Big Ten. And not a shot to Jeff Okuda, but the wide receivers in the Big Ten were um, not great. <laughs> to be generous, you can say it's it, it not great, but yeah. it's the work that he put on Jeff Okuda. Yeah. Um, no guys scored a touchdown on Jeff Okuda, but he did. Yeah. He had 100 yards, He's like physical. 104 yards, and a touchdown against that Ohio State defense. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this guy's a scrub. I think no. he, I think he can definitely make some noise if he is who Jeff Okuda say he is, the toughest wide receiver face. Yeah, I hope so, man. I I, I think he's got solid potential. I think, you know, if he were to go into the slot, you know, I've seen comps to guys like Anquan Bolden, you know, kind of being that big slot guy. And I could actually maybe see that happening potentially. You know, I think it's high ceiling, obviously. Not, I'm not saying he's going to be Anquan Bolden because that's a, you know, high expectation, obviously, for a fifth-round pick. But, you know, if they do choose to go in the slot, I could actually kind of see that role. You know, Stafford really was liking a guy like Anquan Bolden in the slot in 2016. You know, uh, he had Marvin Jones on the outside, and he, he was liking Bolden on the slot. So maybe, you know, Bevel, it's a different offensive coordinator in 20, from 2016. So, But maybe, you know, Bevel saw that, you know, that that target that Stafford liked a lot, like an Anquan Bolden. Maybe he does try to explode that with Quintess Cephas. But that'll be interesting to see. I view him more as personally as an outside receiver. But me I too, me too. But I could see too, the argu- so I, I could see the argument as a slot receiver as well, like Peter was saying. So let me ask a question because this is kind of crazy. You know, back back to back, two years in a row, we drafted the same type of receivers. You know, Tra- Travis Fulgham and Quintez Cephas are like the same exact receivers. Like I yeah. see, like I I feel like they drafted the same type of receivers back to back, and that leaves it to one question: Marvin Jones has one year left on his contract. Mm-hmm. If both of these guys are playing at a decent level, do they cut him? Or do they trade them off and save the nine million? I you think they just let them walk in free agency. You stole my question. <laughs> I stole your question. My bad, man. Because because I, bro, I've been thinking about this for long. As you know, I've been asking this question for you know last two years. Last two years, yeah, exactly. Because I know right now Marvin Jones is thirty. Yeah, contract year. Con- this is you- contract year. If you have two of those, you have your second year receiver playing okay, you know, good enough, and you have Quintus Cephas playing good enough. And if you know you could get by without Marvin Jones, mm-hmm. do you trade him for a third or fourth round pick before a trade deadline? No, no, no way. You're gonna now, lose him for now when you're now when you have to win now, you don't trade him. Um, if you do, that just means you're like kind of like giving up on the year. You don't no, trade him now. That doesn't mean it. That doesn't mean it because no. you still have Kenny Galladay and you have two young guys who are playing good enough to play that role. They're not playing at his level. You I wouldn't two do guys. it. That's and, you're, good and you're getting good draft capital, day two pick potentially. You want to do it? A day I two would. pick, a day two pick for a, a contract year wide receiver who's 30 years old. Shit, bro. I think I'd do it. <laughs> if, I would. If, if Quintez Cephas is playing at a solid enough level, like Malcolm mentioned, mm-hmm. and Fulgham is solid, solid enough to play backup just in case something happened to Cephas. Hell yeah. Day two pick. You, at that point, you don't really need. I mean, Marvin Jones. You know, he's great. He's a great receiver, and I wish the best for him. But at that point, you kind of don't need him. Unless, unless the lines are rolling. Unless the lines are rolling. Like and he has, saying, well. he, if he has to be rolling as well. If he has to be rolling as well. That's what I'm saying. The team is rolling. And, you know, let's say the deadline's week eight. If we have, like, six wins by the deadline, no. I'm, I'm not that's trading. I'm, that's like I'm trying to say. You have to win now. It's be dumb to trade your one, your second best receiver. And he's being productive. 
if he's being yeah. productive, then I probably wouldn't do it. But if we are at like, let's say we're like four and four at that point, you know, let's say we're just average, you know, we're, we're competing, we're still in the hunt, but we're not on top of the division. We're like number mm-hmm. two, we're four and four, and Quintus Cephas is playing at a good enough level, and he's ready, because I don't think he's ready right now. I don't think he's ready to go week one, but he looks ready by week eight. I mean, I might pull the trigger on it. I mean, it's almost similar to last year a little bit when we had Quandre Diggs. I mean, not the same situation because it wasn't a contract year, but it was, they, you know, they had confidence in Will Harris by week eight that he could take mm. over. That didn't work out well, obviously. Yeah, it didn't work out well. So <laughs> if Quintus Cephas is actually playing well, because Will Harris wasn't playing that well by then. I know P- people's PFF had him good because he played in his limited snaps. I didn't think Will Harris was that good by then. I, I didn't think he was ready. I have to see that Quintez Cephas is ready for me to pull that trigger on that type of move. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting if he is, though. Because, if he is ready. Because realistically, I, yeah, but, think about it. Realistically, you think about it. They're not resigning Kenny. They're not resigning Marvin Jones. You can't pay both guys. It's impossible. He's I mean, not. He's not. He, Marvin Jones is not going to be on the team next year. He's. Yeah, he's not. This is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So realistically, we're losing him for nothing. It's kind of a chess move. If you pull the trigger and, and Quintez Cephas is playing well. At a, like I said, if he's good enough, man, it has to be good enough though. It can't be I, like Will, yeah. it can't be like Will Harris last year. Yeah, they they both. And to me, I think the key is both of them playing well. It has okay, to be him you, and another another person that's playing that role. Either, either there's Jimo, uh, Jimo, some if Jimo is playing at a solid level, and Cephas is playing at a high level, but he's not getting much playing time because you know you have Marvin jo- Marvin Jones, you have Kenny Galladay, but they're not getting that much playing time. But they're solid though. They're limited time on the field. They're making plays. Mm-hmm. I'll be all in for it. I wouldn't because if you're in their shoes, if you're in their shoes, they have to win out. If you're four and four, they're probably looking to trade for a guy. They're not looking to trade away a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, 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 make, that makes sense. That makes sense. If but, you're six and two, they're going to be looking to add talent. They're not going to be looking to ship away talent. What if, though, the team is playing well at the wide receiving core and they're missing a piece on defense? They clear some cap, get rid of Marvin Jones, and go for another guy. Yeah. I don't see it happening. I just don't. Like, you clear up cap, you, you got a guy that's good enough, and you can go get another guy to help your team even more, to use that Marvin Jones cap. And then Marvin's also a good leader. Like, who's going to be, like, your veteran in the locker room? You're going to have Kenny Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola's a good leader, too, right? I forgot about him. I'm just saying, though, I don't think I don't think they would. Um, I don't think they would do it just because they have to win. They need their guys, you know? I, I don't know. I think it depends. It, it really depends. It just depends on where the development is by and then. And then I also don't think Cephas and Fulgham are going to be Marvin Jones' replacement. I think Marvin Jones' replacement is going to come in the 21 draft. That's 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 possible. That's very possible. Cause, I mean, yeah, no, so no, you that, thought the 20 draft was good? Wait till you see the 21 draft no, that, for those of you that haven't kept up with it. That's a good point, though, because we are putting our eggs in our basket right now on a fifth round and a sixth round pick. So yeah. that's actually that, – that is a very good point. So I'm only, I'm only saying that because your boy said that he's the toughest receiver he ever faced. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can say whatever he wants. I just – I think Cephas is going to be uh, Dola's replacement. Dola? Well, I he said he, well, yeah, Pierre did say he viewed him as a slot guy. So. I hope not. I hope not. I really want. <laughs> Why do you I mean, say that? You hope not. Because he, he wants. Like, I don't. I don't like big bodies <laughs> as a, as a slot receiver. You know, I like guys that's going to stretch the field. Yeah. In the slot, like I loved when Marvin when Marvin Hall was in the slot, or when he played that fourth receiver role, and he just stretched the field every time he caught the ball. That's, that'll that's be your number like. two receiver. That'll be your Marvin Jones replacement. It'll be a speedster. No, then the, I, I would like two speedsters. <laughs> Is that too much? To, is that too much to ask for? 
Well, you could see the receivers they target like with the draft. They like the physical guys, man. They like the physical guys. They don't. Re- they don't. They prefer physical over fast, I guess. I mean, physical. I mean, because you think about it, when you when you're in NFL, how many times are you gonna get wide open catches? Like, how many times are you gonna make completely wide open catches? I don't so know. It's, it, it's, sure. it's good. It's good feel. to draft. It's good to draft those guys that are making contested catches in college because they're able to make contested college and pros. They're gonna be covered. Guys are gonna be covered. Yeah, I think they just like to. I mean, obviously with Bevel too, it seems like you know we're mentioning like it's all physical wide receivers that are going to catch the fifty-fifty balls. They that's what I kind of like about it. It's because I it, like it. It uses Stafford's arm. That means we are going to use Stafford's arm. When you yeah. when you have a speedster, we're looking for yak guys. We're going to look for Golden Tates, which is not a bad thing, but it's just not a really scheme fit. If you honestly or look at it, like no, deep deep posts, or guys that can run deep posts, or guys that can run all those guys that can run deep posts and just you chuck that post down the middle, man. Bro, like, half his Stafford's throws are all contested. Imagine if he had guys open. His stats would be, like, crazier. Well, Marvin Hall's catches were wide open. Cause his were, but I'm saying, like, like he, he was, just said a speedster wouldn't, like, necessarily fit the scheme. I disagree with that. A speedster could be your vertical threat. You could have a guy, like, 6'2", 220, run, like, a 4'4", or something like that. That's pretty fast. Well, that's that's damn different. That's 6'2". I'm saying, like, a 5'8", Golden Tate guy. Like, you know you know what I mean? It's like, like, a, like a Tyreek Hill. Like, like, it's like a Tyreek Hill, kind of. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill would be a perfect fit in this scheme, if you ask me. I guess. I mean, to Vertical, a certain, I don't know. Top. I don't know. I think a speedster. I think of guys like Lamar Jackson that needs speedsters. He just needs a guy that he could throw the short pass to and who could just, you know, break it. Like a Hollywood Brown or they, you know, they drafted DuVernay this year from Texas. You know, that's what I think of like a speedster. Like that need, that fits a, an offense like a glove. But then you mentioned guys like Tyreek Kill. Yeah. I just want like those, Kev- those, those Hardman, Kansas City, right. those Kansas City Chiefs receivers. That's what, that's what I want. You want a track team. I want to track that. Yeah. <laughs> you want Usain Bolt. <laughs> That's exactly what I would have, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me get into the next question now. You're still my Marvin Jones one already, so I was going to ask that next. But my bad. I'll, I'll cross that off. That's okay. We answered it, so it's all good. Um, nice to like. Yep. All right. So uh, Jamal Agnew, he's switching to wide receiver this year. You know, he's <laughs> been in the wide receiver room. You guys want speed. <laughs> this is some speed. <laughs> what do you guys think of this move? Um, I don't know. To be honest, like, I don't know if he'll make the team, but he was thrown with Stafford a little. Because if he makes the team, will they roll with six wide receivers? Will they roll with five? I don't know what they'll do. Because he could also please. He's a great returner, one of the best returners in the league, in my opinion. All pro returner. Um, and, like, in an emergency situation, he could play defense if needed. It won't be ideal, but he could potentially play defense, special teams, and offense. So will they value that? Or will they value, like, just having five receivers instead of six? I don't know. I I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I I mean he has to come out and wow wow a lot of people. I'm talking about make big plays with the limited opportunities that you have because hell we might not even have a preseason. Yeah. What was he gonna like? How is he gonna wow wow the wow everybody wow the oh, coaching camp. staff? Camp. Camp. Canny. Yeah, it's all. I'm the receiving seeing. core is deep. I don't see him beating any of those guys. Not Marvin Hall. De- definitely not beating the top three guys. He's not beating the other guys either. He's not beating Marvin Hall, not beating uh, Jermo. He's not beating the rookies. I don't see him being Fulgrim or um, Cephas. Yeah. So where we? Honestly, where we I don't. I don't. I don't really see Fulgrim. Like, I, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't really have a lot of faith in Fulgrim. I know you guys might have a little. I haven't really seen anything from him. I saw him last year in camp. Saw him in preseason. He didn't really do much. I get um, that. He was, a, he was a sixth round pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but he's yeah. still like we didn't see nothing from him. Like they they didn't even like he wasn't good when he played. He just I seen I seen him make a, a couple good catches in um preseason. 
He had a solid game versus the Browns. That was about he, it. He had a solid game. He, I mean, is he going to come in and start? No. But I think he's going to be a better receiver than Agnew. It kind of reminds me of like when we had Andy Jones a couple of years ago. He does. Like you know, just you know, you know, does, you know, does, uh, you know another guy who you know another guy we haven't even talked about who was on the podcast, man, Chris Lacey. Yeah, I where mean, do we I, see? Him? I, I think, don't see. I think it's tough for him to make the roster as well. Two yeah, yeah, for him too. Yeah, I mean, he barely made it last year too. I mean, it was a good core last year too, so I can't even say like he like you know that was like a insult that he made the team, but um. You know, it was a good court too last year. So I mean, maybe I'm, I'm he, not counting him out. I'm not counting no, him out. No, I mean, he had, a, he, had a hell, he had a hell of a camp last year. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys who is every single year they're trying to replace him. Yeah. Just like just like just like Killebrew. he's he's a wide receiver version of Killebrew. Every yeah. year they're trying to replace him, and every year he ends up right on the roster. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not counting him out until until it happens, man. Yeah, and, and b- back to the Agnew thing, you know. Pierre mentioned he could play offense, defense, and special teams. I think he's a liability every single position of that. Besides, <laughs> besides special teams, I think he's a liability. Like at defense, it, like you mentioned, it's not ideal. He oh, could do it. No. It's a liability. No. Um, and offense, it's too stacked of a room. So e- even though he could do it, it's like it's like little league baseball. And I'm not trying to be mean, but like in little league baseball, I could play every position. I, I still sucked ass. <laughs> I mean, you can't say he's a liability on offense. When he's playing on offense, like in his limited snaps, he's he's produced. You cannot tell me he's better than the guys no, we have. Well, already. So, so you right, don't so know that though. We haven't I seen do him know play that. recently. You don't though. We haven't really seen him like run his routes. We haven't seen much. He's been I working think, on that. I think he's gonna be a lot of jet sweeps. I think that's gonna be his thing, jet sweeps. But like my 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 argument to that is though we drafted a guy like Hunley who is not a liability on offense, according to his New Mexico tape, or, you know, wherever the hell he went, New Mexico State, uh, to his film, if he could translate to the pro level, that's not a liability on offense. No, he cannot play defense, but he could play two of the three positions that you mentioned. And even though Jamal Agnew could play defense, I still don't want to see him on defense. I know he could play it. I don't want to see him on defense, though. It's like saying I could play first base in Little League, but you don't want to see me on first base. Like, I could play it, but I'm going to probably drop the ball. Yeah, but Agnew has played like all three. Like that's what I'm trying to say. I, I mean, cornerback not ideal, but returner, too. great returner. And in his limited snaps, like they remember with JBC, they use him as a decoy. Teams actually like kind of shifted their focus towards him a little. They use him as a decoy. Use his speed on screens, jet sweeps, maybe like a vertical route. He could do a couple of things for you. But it's tough. He has to beat out a lot of good guys. Yeah, yeah he has to be able to. Easy. He has to beat out on, on the receiving end. He has to beat out a lot of. Oh uh, yeah, he can give him a chance. I mean, he just has yeah. to beat out a lot of good guys. That's 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 tough. I'm not. And and, and again, if we have one guy, and they actually brought in a few guys that, that could return punts and could return kicks, so they have one guy that can do that at a decent level. Question is going to be why 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 do you need Jamal Agnew? Cause you don't. If you just, if I mean, if you have a okay, if you have a good enough punt returner slash kick returner, what the hell do you need Jamal Agnew for then? If like I say, can get, like if, I can, yeah, if I can get him to play offense and kick returner, that's way more of a use than Jamal Agnew just playing special teams for me. Yeah, He's good at it, but like, it's not worth it at that point. If Huntley's returns one kick, well, we might not have a preseason, but we'll see. I mean, who knows? I mean, Huntley might even have a chance because he might not have a preseason, if and Huntley they just may, they just may suck. roll. With, yeah, you might suck. But they just may roll with um Agnew just because there's no preseason and Huntley can't have a chance to run it back, run it back. Don't forget about Ty Johnson too. He could also return. 
Ty so. Johnson. Dola. Yeah, they brought in. Uh, you don't really want Dola back there. You, you don't. But I mean, he could do it a punt returner as well. He could, but it's not really. <laughs> they bring, they, they, not they have a guy in the roster named Victor Bolden. He's five eight. He could return some punts. Yeah, Maybe you hope. I mean, I'm not saying he's good at it, but I'm saying like they, if one of these guys are solid, I mean, the question is, why? Why do you need Jamal Agnew? Okay, so if you don't need Agnew, do you think they could trade him potentially like for player for player or like a sixth or seventh round pick? Maybe. That's mm-hmm. tough, man. Give him up for that's like giving away for free a sixth or seventh round pick. Okay, you you're gonna cut him anyway. So what could you get for him? I yeah, mean, you, got, you, you drafted him in the fifth. Yeah, I mean. That that is his value. <laughs> like you just said that. Yeah, he's all. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So his, but as an all pro kick returner, his value is a fifth. I mean, well, a six. You just mentioned if he's not, if he's only returning kicks, what's the use of him? I think teams have the same philosophy as well, well as that. No, I'm I'm saying because you know maybe he's able to play. He's a, maybe he's able to play receiver. But well, I just don't see him beating. Him. <laughs> I just don't see him being better than the guys that we have though. You know, he's going to fall in that situation that he's pretty solid, but he just may not make this roster. You think because, he's a top five receiver in a different team? Do I mean, put him on the Patriots. No, I still don't think he's a top five receiver. Yes, I do. He has to be a top five receiver on the Patriots. The Patriots don't have anybody. Still, man. Uh, yeah, he's I mean, never that's, played that's the position on a consistent level. No, I think he could be like a solid receiver in the Patriots. I wouldn't mind if – I wouldn't be surprised if he's like the fourth receiver on New England. And it has a really big role in New England. New England, like, I don't think it really fit with what they do. They're like, they like to use their backs a lot. And I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't see Agnew as a top five receiver on any on, 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 on any team. Well, Not we just, haven't look, seen him play receiver. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I guess. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think he could do it. I'll say that. I don't think. You know, you know who um was the last kick returner that would played corner? And then turn receiver? Logan. Stephon huh? Logan. Stephon so, Logan? No. I thought he was oh he was a running back, my fault. You're the, the running back. Two corner the, the wide receiver. Yeah, he, the he, Lions, he, he, he no, not the Lions. Not the Lions. He was I can oh. say this way. He was in our division. He was a the best Devin Hester. Turn, Devin Hester. Oh Hester, yeah. Devin no. Hester. So Devin Hester started his career as a corner and a kick returner. Yeah. And then end up they switched him to wide receiver. And he didn't do that bad of a job. He was solid. As a receiver, but then you know again, this is Devin Hester. Ah, we'll see. I guess, man. I don't know. I, I don't have very much high hope for it, honestly. I think there's way better guys in the roster. I don't think Jamal Agnew is going to be some star receiver or even a good enough receiver. But prove me wrong, Agnew, please. Prove me wrong. <laughs> we'll see. All right. My last question for you guys is: Should we be satisfied with this wide receiver core going into 2020? Oh hell yeah! That was my Stone Cold yeah. voice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh hell it, yeah! You got your three starters locked up: uh, Galladay, Dola, and Jones. And then you look at your backup. You got Marvin Hall, who was really good, like in his limited snaps. And then you went out and drafted Cephas in the fifth. So your top five are good. Now if they carry more than five. We'll see. I don't know. Like that could be like Agnew or Drum, Gmo or Chris Lay. Just depends on what they want. Like, you just see what you just hear. What you just said. You uh, see that? Listen, he has to beat. <laughs> Dude, it's not like those guys were that good either. They're they're not. They're not. But those are pro receivers. I mean, I, I, yeah, those are receivers, but they don't do what Agnew does in the return game. So I mean, like, there's like, do they want special teams? They want gunners. They want special team guys. Just to, or they want bigger bodies. Do they want speed? Just depends what they want. I don't know what they want. Do I have to keep eight receivers in this roster to keep Agnew? 
and that is not happening. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. I mean, he could be the sixth wide receiver. Oh, I thought you were saying it was necessarily oh, six. recurring eight receivers. <laughs> he could be wide receiver six. We don't know that. I mean, we don't know no, how no, the coach no, no. set those. I, I thought about. you were. I thought you were saying it was necessarily not true that we're not carrying eight wide receivers. Oh no, no. hell no. That's kind of dumb. <laughs> I was like, we are not carrying eight wide receivers. <laughs> All right, guys, that is a wrap to episode 110 of the Pride Podcast. That was a lot of arguing in this episode. <laughs> a lot of Jamal Agnew. Yeah, no, it was good stuff, man. I appreciate it. All right, guys, uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Like I mentioned, if you guys are interested in our other position, we talked about the front seven. We talked about the secondary, and then we're going to break down the other offensive positions, like the offensive line, tight end, quarterback, and running back. So stay tuned for that, and um, I'll, we'll be back with you guys soon. I'm out. Peace. All right, guys, peace out. All right, y'all. Peace. This is Brandon Kelly the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and is... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair, Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.